The wicked are trapped by their own words, but the godly escape such trouble. Wise words bring many benefits, and hard work brings rewards. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. An honest witness tells the truth. A false witness tells lies. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. Deceit fills hearts that are plotting evil. Joy fills hearts that are planning peace. No harm comes to the godly, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. The wise don't make a show of their knowledge, but fools broadcast their foolishness. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. Proverbs. Really loud. <laughs> and we've been talking about what Proverbs is for us. With Proverbs, we're given instructions on how to gain wisdom, how to live as Christ followers in a secular world, truly in an evil world, and how to make choices to glorify God rather than sell him out. Because every time we choose not to follow Christ, we sell him out. Proverbs is written as clear direction, instructions for us in poetic form. Last week, Kristen reminded us that Proverbs 4 reminds us to guard our hearts. This week, we're in Proverbs 12. We're reminded to guard our mouths because what goes in our heart comes out of our mouth. Do you know that it's estimated that the average person speaks about 16,000 words a day? Some more, some less. And I'm sure you guys are thinking, yeah, well, pastors speak a whole lot more than that on Sundays. And we probably do. Most of us grew up being taught that sticks and stones may break our bones, but names can never hurt us. So substitute the word words instead of names. So it's sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt us. That childhood saving, saying is so far from the truth. In fact, it's not only far from the truth, it's a blatant lie. Broken bones heal quickly. Broken hearts don't. Broken spirits don't. They crush us, and they leave scars that last a lifetime. As I was writing this week's message for the fourth time, I realized that the nicknames in my childhood impacted the perception I had of myself. My childhood nicknames actually had a huge impact on how I live my adult life. I had two nicknames growing up, one for my mother, one for my father. Actually, I had three. I had one that my grandparents called me. My mother called me her little imp. Now, she thought that was cute and endearing. My father, on the other hand, called me a pissant. 
Again, he thought that was cute and funny. Neither of them were the most endearing words to use to describe a young child full of energy. Definition of an imp is imperfect, mischievous, elf-like, or devilish. The meaning of a piss ant is a wood ant about this big of a very small species. Both messages from both those nicknames meant small, imperfect, nothing, insignificant, inconsequential, and unimportant. Not necessarily the best words to describe your energetic child, and I was very energetic. My grandparents, on the other hand, called me beloved. You notice a lot of times when I preach, I say beloved, because it's important that you know the love that I have for you. That's what I felt when my grandparents called me beloved. I felt loved. I was somebody special. I was someone who was important to them. In the Bible, Jesus calls us beloved. We are someone special. Those words are encouraging, they're uplifting, they're healing. Life is about the words we choose to use. So let's look at God's word and see what it says about the words we choose. First, right here, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. That's, that's our church motto. That is Sawgrass's motto. That's what we live by. We will speak the truth in love. That's important. You can speak the truth, and it might not be necessarily a truth you want to hear, but if somebody is coming to you and speaking to you the truth in love, it's a whole lot easier to swallow and it's a whole lot easier to hear. You're receptive to it. The Lord, Proverbs 12, 22 says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. That's pretty clear. So we need to think before we speak. Is it true? Proverbs 25, 23 says, like a north wind that brings unexpected rain is a sly tongue which provokes a horrified look. That's pretty clear. A horrified look. So if we choose not to tell the truth, if we choose to lie, we're bringing unexpected rain and a horrified look. Is that going to encourage people? Is that going to make them feel like a child of God? We just heard about Joni, who felt like a child of God because she was here, because she was loved on, because people chose their words to love on her and remind her. As Christ followers, our words need to be true, thoughtful, tender, tangible, and tempered. Or are we going to be like the world and be two-faced? Hypocrites, that we say one thing, that we love you, we love you, we love you. Oh, did you see what she did? 
As followers of Christ, we have to be truthful. It has to be true. Is it helpful? Do the words we choose to use help the people we're speaking with, or do our words hurt or crush them? It's easy to say, kid drops a bottle of milk or something and makes a mess. It's like, oh, that's stupid. Now go clean it up. Because that's your first gut reaction. Instead of saying, you know what? It's just a glass of milk. We'll take care of it later. We'll clean it up. It's okay. So are your words helpful or are they hurtful? Are they hateful? Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He didn't come for us to beat each other up and make us feel less valued and less loved. Psalm 143, 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. So not only did Jesus come along and pick up the glass of milk and clean it up, but he comforted them. He loved them. When everybody was going to throw stones at the woman, what did he say? He didn't hurl stones at her. He didn't make her feel unvalued. He said, if you're going to cast the first stone, be without sin. And then he loved on her. And he sent them away. They all walked away. Because he was healing her wounds. He was healing her broken heart. Luke 4.18 tells us, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, the blind will see, and the oppressed will be set free. That's what our words need to do. Our words need to exemplify exactly what Jesus does. Set us free from oppression. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So if I walk up to Heather and say, Heather, you know, I've got this ingrown toenail, and it's really hurting, and she's over here crying because she's had a really horrible day. Are my words benefiting her? Are they being helpful? No, I need to go over and say, Heather, I see that you look really sad today. What can I do? Can I pray with you? I need to be a help to her, not a hindrance. I need to help build her up. I need to be the one who listens. It doesn't mean that we as Christ followers cannot or should not sit with our brothers or sisters if we see them going astray. But what it does mean is we need to speak the truth in love. I'm going to pick on Heather again just because I love her. If I see her going into a bar every day and I know that she's drinking and she's coming out a little sloshed and I watch her from a window and I just let her do it, I'm not being who she needs me to be. I need to go to her and sit down with her and say, Heather, 
this isn't healthy. This isn't what God wants for you. Doesn't mean I'm going to beat her up and say, oh my gosh, did you see what Heather did? And she was in the bar, again, drunk. I need to sit down with her one-on-one and help heal her. Remind her that she is a child of God. We cannot stand by and watch our friends, our brothers and sisters, self-destruct. We must speak to them about the sin. We must do it in love, though. That's how Jesus did it. That's how he does it. We can't speak with them in a way that leaves them hurt and hopeless. We have to show our love for them with the love that God has for each of us. And remind them that God loves them. We cannot be judgmental. We can't be hateful. We can't be hurtful. And we can't be nasty about it. We must be intentional to be loving, hopeful, and helpful. Just so you know, I've never seen Heather go into a bar. But (laughs) she's sitting right there smiling. So (laughs) sorry, Heather. Are your words inspiring? Think about it. Are your words inspiring? Does what you say build someone up? Or does it tear them down and cut them like a dagger, like a sword? Colossians 4, 5 through 6 tells us, Live wisely among those who are not believers. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, that you know how to answer everyone. Notice here how God directs us to speak not only to believers, but to those who do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. What we say and how we say it can break a person's spirit. We can break them so far down that they can't see Christ in us or anywhere for that matter. We are to be salt and light to a dark world. Beloved, if we choose our words carefully, not only do we leave them with guidance, instruction, encouragement, but we leave them with hope. Hope what we all have, what we have all found. Seth had hope. I know Seth is with God. I know Joni is with God. Because they had hope. We here at Sawgrass made Joni feel cared about, hopeful, encouraged, We didn't wound her. We didn't cast her aside. We didn't say, oh, well, you know, they're homeless, (laughs) living in a car. We said, come. We love you. You matter. You're important. The words we all chose to use to Joni that day were inspiring. She walked out of here knowing that she knows that God loves her and that she has value. Those words that each one of us chose to speak to her inspired her. That's exciting. 
Nobody crushed her dreams. Nobody made her feel unimportant. They made her feel valued and cared about. We must, we must, must be intentional about the words we speak. We can speak the truth in love and inspire, build up, encourage, and uplift, but we must be truthful. Our words have the power to heal and to strengthen or to cut and to destroy. We have to choose how we're going to use them. Are our words necessary? Are the words that we are using important to the well-being of someone else? Or are we just trying to stir up gossip and anger, incite disagreements, maybe a little hatred? Maybe we're a little jealous. Psalm 141.3 says, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do you know almost every day I get up and ask God to fly his angels around my lips so that nothing comes out of them except for what is God. Because I want to choose words that are healing, that are uplifting, not words that are hurtful or spiteful or mean-spirited. As I was rewriting the message yesterday, God reminded me of a time several months ago, several years ago, not months, when I had developed a severe, severe case of GERD, which is gastroesophageal reflux. I literally had so much acid in my stomach that it burns my vocal cords and my esophagus. I couldn't talk for three months. It was the longest three months of my life. It was horrible. I came home. I told my family. I wrote a note. says, I can't talk for three months. And after they all picked themselves up off the floor from laughing hysterically and rejoicing that mom couldn't yell at them for three months, they decided that was probably the best news they'd ever heard. Mom's silent for three months. It was horrible. It was horrible. I had to be choosy about what I wanted to say. I would write notes, and I'd be scribbling and scribbling, and I'd go, <sighs> doesn't matter. I had more notebooks filled with ripped-out pieces of paper because what I was going to say didn't matter. It was unimportant. I had to be very, very, very choosy about what I wanted to say or write. I had to be intentional in my conversations with Tom and with our kids. As I said, they were ecstatic. But they were getting a little tired of it, too. Because I would write notes and write notes, and I'd wait for them to read it, and I'd go, write more notes and more notes and more notes. It was getting real old for all of us. But I learned a lot. I learned a lot. If I needed to say something, it needed to be important. I couldn't just say, did you really wear that tie with that shirt? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or did you really put on two different color shoes today? I had to be intentional. It had to have purpose. 
It had to be important. I realized that after a few days because I was tired of going through notebooks, ripping out pages, throwing them away, ripping out pages. I had a bigger pile of pages of garbage notes than I did of notes that mattered. And it wasn't that I was going to beat them up or be hurtful or unkind in my notes. It just wasn't important. It was just there because I could. And I realized it wasn't worth it. I was wasting more time and wasting their time. I had to be intentional. I had to be purposeful. Went through a lot of notebooks. But it was really a great reminder for me to be intentional. I was so grateful when I went back to my ENT and he said, oh, the throat has healed well. I said, so I can talk. I wrote him a note, so I can talk again. Now, I've known this guy for several years. His response was, yes, tell your family I'm sorry. I said, thanks. But it really made me think, was what I was going to say, was it needed? Was it necessary? Or was it just to hear myself talk? I had to be intentional to be positive. So instead of saying to Tom, did you really wear that tie with that shirt? I would tell one of the girls, next time help dad pick up the time. King David wrote in Psalm 39.1a, said, I said to myself, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. Do you realize that sometimes we sin when we're talking? Not deliberately. We don't set out to say, <laughs> I'm just going to berate them and belittle them and sin while I'm doing it. I'm just going to be nasty today. It's not how we go. We start out with good intentions. But we get in our own way. Sadly, when we get in our own way, we get in God's way. Does what we have to say really matter that much. If we're pointing people to Christ, absolutely it matters. Every single word that you choose to use matters. If we're reminding people how much value God places in their lives, on their lives, it matters. Every single syllable matters. But if we're talking about a tie that doesn't match the shirt, does it matter? That is not life-altering. He is life-altering. Our words must, must, must be necessary to point back to Christ. When you're sitting with a friend that is a non-Christian, that doesn't have a clue who Christ is, do you just want to talk about the color of the carpet? 
Or do you want to talk about what really matters? Finding Christ, finding a relationship with Jesus, and rejoicing over the fact that you know that they have developed that relationship. That's what matters. Our words must be necessary. They must be intentional. They must be healing, and they must be thoughtful. They also need to be kind. Beloved, make no mistake. The words we use, that we choose to use, can either be an encouragement or a dagger in their hearts. We must find kind words. If we speak with judgment and condemnation, we set everybody else up for a lifetime of hurts, a lifetime of failure, and a lifetime of self-judgment. What we hear can affect our self-perceptions, as well as our judgments of others. You all know that I was homeless for a while, lived in my car, my self-perceptions growing up were terrible. As I got older, I lived those self-perceptions. I was worthless. I had no value. It didn't matter because that's what I had been taught. That's what I lived. That's what I learned. Is that what we want to do to others? I'm very, very intentional now to make sure that every single person I come across knows they have value in Jesus Christ. That they matter to him. That he will search the ends of the earth for them. Because I never felt that. I don't want people walking away from an encounter with me not knowing that they matter. Our words must be thoughtful. They must be healing. They must be helpful. They must be inspirational. They must be intentional. They must be necessary. And they must, they must be kind. We have to let people know. Because if I walk up to you, Terry, and go, hey, God loves you, and walk away, do you feel that God loves you? But if I walk up and I sit down and I say, Terry, do you know how much God loves you? Then you start to receive that and you start to feel it. And then I say, Terry, and as much as God loves you, I love you. And I mean it. Then she feels it. Then she says, you know what? Maybe I am worth it. Maybe I am valued. Maybe God loves me. Because if Deb loves me, and God loves me so much more, I must be really special. I must be important to him. So our words must be kind. We can't knock each other down. We have to build each other up. If you constantly hear that you're just like your father, you're just like your father, you don't think your father is such a great guy. What does that tell you about yourself? Maybe I'm not such a great person. So we beat ourselves up. 
we tend to take on the attitude that people give us about ourselves. If we're constantly being told we're stupid, we believe that we're stupid. If we're constantly being told that we're too slow, we become slow. We no longer strive to do things because we take on the perceptions others have of us. So we need to be the positive for that. We need to be the positive for each other. And as parents, we need to be the positive for our kids. As spouses, we need to be the positive for each other. As friends, we need to be the positive for each other. I want everyone to walk out of here saying, the church was awesome today because you know what? My friend said I mattered. Or Saturday breakfast, like walk away from breakfast and go, wow, that was the best breakfast ever. What'd you talk about? I don't know, but I felt so good. That's what we need to be. As Christians, we need to be uplifting. As followers of Christ, we need to be different. We just sang a song about being different. I want to be different. I want to be changed. But do we? I believe that here at Sawgrass, we do want to be different. We do want to look like reflections of Jesus, not like the world. Have you ever had a day when you just felt beat up by the world? In fact, you wake up in a bad mood and you just feel like everything is piling on top of you and you just feel beat up. That's when a brother or sister comes up and hugs you and says something encouraging or kind or shares a friendly smile or a hug and your whole mood lightens. You stand up a little taller. You sit up a little straighter. Your day becomes just a little bit brighter. In Proverbs sixteen twenty four, they tell us, gracious words are like honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. We need to be the honeycomb. We need to be the sweetness. We need to lift each other up. Again, go back to our motto. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. That's on our banner. That's what we live. That's what we believe. That's what we need to live. We need to think before we speak. Now, today, when you leave, you're going to be given a write-on wipe-off board or dry erase board. Inside there, Aaron has so diligently put this paper in here for you. It says, think before you speak. Are your words true? Are they helpful? Are they inspiring? Are they necessary? And are they kind? I want every single person to walk out of here and take one. And I want you to think of the words Write think along the top if you need. Use it as an acronym. Are your words true? Are they helpful? Are they healing? Are they inspiring? Are they necessary? And are they kind? And if you want to write the necessary words or the kind words or the healing words, things that you can say throughout the day, and you know what? You can write on it and wipe it off and change the words. 
because it might be I'm deciding to be kinder today. I'm going to tell somebody I love them. So maybe your word on here is going to be love. But maybe in a month you've decided, you know, I say that every day now to so-and-so or to somebody. So I'm going to change my word. Today it's going to be a different word. Today it's going to say you matter. Write your, your words, your careful words. Think about what you're doing, what you're saying. Your words matter. You can break somebody down or you can build them up. Let's think about the words to build up, to point back to Christ. So we need to be intentional with our words. And if you don't know words, look in the back of your Bibles. Most of you have You can look up encouragement. And it'll give you hundreds of verses, tons of verses in here about encouraging one another, being truthful with one another, loving one another. And you can apply those, but use these. Use them. Stick them up somewhere. You can see them every day. It says, I need to think before I speak. I need to make sure that my words have value and that they're intentional. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your guidance and your direction. It's such an incredible reminder that we do have value in your world. We have value in your kingdom and that you will search the ends of the earth for us to bring us back. Father, let us help point people to you. Let us remember to love people the way you do. Let us think before we speak so that we can be intentional in building up the body instead of tearing down. We just thank you for who you are and thank you for loving us with such a depth of love and pursuing us relentlessly help us to guard our mouths help to fly angels around our tongues so that we say things that are pleasing to you and uplifting to others in Jesus name Amen